Welcome in, everyone, to the first episode of the Sokol Snipers podcast. A new podcast on the White and Blue Review Network, talking great women's basketball and all things great women's basketball. I am Matt DeMarinas, host of many podcasts on this network. Uh, my co-host for this podcast is the one and only PA voice of the gods, Lance Robbie. Um, and Lance, what are you drinking tonight? We just thought we just you just showed the glass. We're just gonna jump right into it. That's what it is. Uh, it's That's a, how we it's do on podcasts. It's a delicious. Or... It's a delicious glass of apple juice. It is as you look outside, Maddie. It is fall. It's the fall season. It's the fall harvest. It's time to have a little, just a little apple. You know, apple cider. If you're feeling a little extra saucy, but a little little apple juice. That's what I'm having yeah. tonight. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's how I know I picked the perfect partner for this venture here, is because that's my main drink of choice when it's not alcoholic beverages on podcasts is apple juice. I am a bit stunned. Right I put now. it in the I put it in the crate. I put it in the Creightonstein often. I don't have any right now, but I put it in the Creightonstein often. And actually, I have a water bottle here to prove it. Hold on, let me show you. So no one can see this, but Lance can see this. Uh, Matt, that's the that- that's the apple juice bottle I just polished off, like on the last pod. Was that what? Yeah. Did you just chug right out of the bottle then, or did you pour it into that? No, stuff? I pour. I just told you I pour it in the Stein. Okay, pour at least it into the. Keep it, yeah. Let's keep it classy when we're. Yeah, talking. I'm not a sa- I'm not a savage. I'm not a savage. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, not straight out of the bottle. Although I guess I could because I don't really share the bottle with anybody, so I probably could drink out of the bottle for efficiency purposes. Sure. Anyway, that just lets you know Lance and I are on the same wavelength here. We're going to talk some great women's basketball all season. You know, the way the schedule lines up, uh, you know, it just lines up for us to do a weekly podcast on the women's basketball team. So right now they're cooking and they got a big game on Tuesday. So we're going to recap last week for you. Talk about um, the Jays upcoming game against Nebraska, big game on Tuesday. And, and yeah, we should have a good time. One thing, let's introduce Lance first to everybody. Cause obviously people know him vocally, right. Or, I don't know. Do they? How? What should? What should? What? How should we phrase that? Like, you know, they know. They know uh, the sound, right? They know the. They probably know. They probably yeah, don't know who do. you are, but if they heard you talking in like a grocery store, they'd be like, "Where's? Is that the, the PA guy? Is that? Is he here?" There's probably a, there's probably a lot of people that go to the games and they think everything that comes out of the uh, speaker system is like pre-recorded. They have no idea that there's actually somebody sitting down at the table. Maybe they think. You know, somebody's just down there. They're at the, you know, they have a soundboard, you know, and it's like, you know, go Jays and whatever else. And they just press a button. But that's actually, it's pretty sweet. I am there. It's live. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And you have a great voice. Where are you from again? I am from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How mm-hmm. and how appropriate is that, Maddie, since we are talking South Dakota and South Dakota State? Indeed. It's just buried in nostalgia tonight. Yeah. Well, for you, not for not so much for me, you know. Well, you made the trip up to Brookings. You went up. I did. I did make the trip. Yeah, you went up majestic I twenty nine and enjoyed that stretch of, of road. Yeah, that I'm not gonna lie to you. As I was doing that trip, and it was a good three, barely over three hours, because the lovely state of South Dakota has an eighty mile an hour speed limit on that mother, (laughs) and boy, do you fly! Like holy cow. I forgot that because the old Google thinks it should be like a 345, four-hour trip, you know, if you're 
following speed limits and whatnot. It's uh, nah. it's an emotion, it's South an Dakota South Dakota, Dakota state law cuts cuts forty five minutes out of that trip for you with the eighty mile an hour rule there. It does. I mean, you bet. You, so you get out of Omaha, you start heading up Iowa, then you get up to Sioux City where they have cameras that record your speed and then mail you a ticket if you're fracturing yeah. the law. And then once you bust into South Dakota, you see that, you know, you don't you don't feel any more welcome than you when you see the South Dakota sign. And then you see that 80. And if you didn't know that, if you didn't know that it was 80, yeah. like, whenever I go back home or go into South Dakota, when I'm in the car, I like to lean in. I like to lean into that when I see the 80 and the, let okay. my foot let my foot lean into the pedal a little bit. It yeah. is sweet. So I was I was using cruise control going into South Dakota and I forgot about the 80. So I was going, you know, 65, 70, you know. And then all of a sudden yeah, you can pass by like everybody. six cars just like flew by me. Like I was like getting caught in like a F1 race. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And then I saw the next speed limit sign. I go, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You better, were that better, dude. Better, better step it up. That dude for a while. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So anyway, the Jays went to Brookings in the only top 25 matchup, ranked versus ranked, in all of college basketball. And just the you know the one thing about preseason rankings is like some of them are you know some of them some of it's hype some of it's kind of a token ranking based on what you did last year and then there's kind of a grouping of teams that you know either deserve to be ranked period or are a little bit underrated because you know they had a good end of the season last year and people aren't quite sure what to make of them yet in terms of the top 25 picture these two teams on monday might be underrated you know what i mean uh, Creighton came in 21st. South Dakota State came in 23rd in one poll and 24th in another. Um, but there are, I mean, both of these teams have six of their top seven scorers back from last season. South Dakota State went 29 and 9. They won the NIT. Uh, Creighton went 23 and 10, I believe, made it to the Elite Eight. So they are, both of these teams are loaded and elite offenses too. Both, I think they were top two and three in the country and three pointers made and three point efficiency and effective field goal percentage. So yeah, it was, it was a fun game. You know, it felt like a high level basketball game and there was 2,500 people on hand. So it was a good show, electric environment, a hell of a back and forth game. Um, But yeah, the Jays pulled it out 78, 69. Uh, Lauren Jensen heroics at the end of the game. We've seen that before, right? Lance, uh, so I don't know uh, how much of that you were able to watch or listen to or get caught up on, but you know what were your takeaways after you know Creighton came back from Brookings one and zero? Um, I uh, well, I wrote first of all, first of all, I mean, so Frost Arena, maybe you you had kind of mentioned that you said it was an electric environment for those that haven't ventured up to Brookings, South Dakota, and just could you could you describe that place a little bit and um because i've been there it's uh i mean it's a ama- it's an amazing place just kind of give give everybody just an, a sense of what that's like because uh south dakota fans are passionate dude they are passionate so could you could you feel that could you feel the the vitriol as you were uh sitting down there well i just did a whole lot of talking so you could talk some but yeah i'll talk some more um <laughs> All right. Well, then, um, for you, yeah, we'll just make this. Yeah, it'll yeah, it'll be my podcast, and you can just sit there and cheer me on. Um, yeah, no, I just think uh, first of all, I think they all 
kind of love basketball up there. I get that sense. So that that creates an environment from the jump, right? And then I think the place is just a little bit bigger than you think it, you know, than you think South Dakota State would play in, I guess. You know, it's right. bigger than Sokol. Um, it goes up higher. There's more people. Uh, they feel like their end zones are pretty open and they're elevated, you know? So it's like a balcony type of style, if you think about it like that. There's right. a wall and then there's like a balcony, uh, you know, kind of a concourse up there on both end zones. So that, that was pretty, that was pretty filled up and pretty energized. They have the, uh, what is it? The, the rabbit den, they call it. Yeah. That's their kind of their student section, their pet band area. Their band is really big and loud. Um, so yeah, it's just like, and then the game was back and forth. So I think everyone was kind of engaged from the start. South Dakota State got off to a good start. So the fans were, engaged from the jump and then the teams just kind of traded punches after that the rest of the way and so i think the fans kept they having a reason to kind of cheer and there wasn't many lulls in the game of of no baskets or a lot of whistles or some choppy play you know it was a pretty well played game i thought and yeah the fans were just on point the whole time so you felt the environment and i think at one point south dakota state tied it up at 64 in the fourth quarter down the stretch and it, it it's it like got Carver loud, you know, where I couldn't hear my own thoughts for a second. Um, and then just like Carver, Lauren Jensen, you know, put him all to sleep. So I'm gonna I'm I'm wondering if uh, you know as we as we're chatting th- just throughout the season, or we should just bring up Carver like in every podcast that we do. I mean, we should we just make a point, just kind of work that in. Um, well, the thing about that is, I'm not surprised. That's how I'm not surprised Creighton won there. You know, I just am not. So, I think I think people would expect us to make a big deal about that as much as possible. But I also think I went in there thinking that Creighton could get out of Carver and go to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. It's kind of why I went to Iowa City because I thought there was a pretty good chance to cover some history there. Yeah, it was great. It's just the how how it went down was special. That's the thing. Yeah. So, uh, so South Dakota State. Well, I. When I was watching, yeah, you game, know what we're talking about, right? I'm pretty sure we laid that out. Talking about South, yeah, South Dakota State. When I was when I was watching the game, like I kept thinking about, I was thinking about Rocky and Ivan Drago, and I was thinking just punch, 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 and I and and it was a slugfest. And South Dakota State's big and physical and good. Um, oh, Selland, uh, who I don't think she didn't play at. She didn't play at Sokol last year, did she? Yeah, she was still coming back from the ACL. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, she's the two-time Summit League Player of the Year. She's 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 a really good physical post player who can also step outside and shoot it. Like I think yeah. she was like forty-six percent from three or something like that last year. Yep. they're big, physical. They're solid. Just a good team. So so nothing happened where like you know Creighton eventually took over the momentum of it and. Everyone in the crowd started, you know, cheering for Creighton as opposed to South Coast. I'm just thinking like Rocky Four was nothing like that that happened. You didn't experience anything like that. No, no, <laughs> not a bit. That, that that didn't. Creighton had a contingent of fans, but it wasn't like that. No. Um, I a uh, couple things. There was I, a bunch of there was a lot of angst in the second half because Creighton came out. I think they started with like a 10-0 run to start the second half. Yeah. And they, and they pretty much that. led the dance the whole way. Like every time, I don't think South. I'm not sure South Dakota State led the in the second half after that run. I think they no, just okay. all uh, they did all they did was tie it up. So uh, it was a, there was a little bit of angst there because Creighton was playing really well. 
I wrote down state goes cold, Jensen goes off. Accurate? Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, po- podcasts have to be the long form answers. You can't just. Oh, they do. Yeah. I want you oh, to elaborate oh. on your thoughts. Well, I get the way I would elaborate is the fourth quarter when South Dakota State scored 17 and Lauren Jensen scored 16. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. But I did notice there was, there were two, I don't know, two sequences right in a row where it was, it was shades of Carver because LJ had one back cut to the hoop. She had, she had a moment late in the second half of Carver where she drove to the hoop. And then not too much after that is where she had the little, the little pop back from Rembaugh for three. And, and those two plays, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw that, Maddie, those two plays happened at South Dakota state. And I was like, well, it's almost like it was, it was. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought the way Lauren was using the, using screens. I mean, first of all, she's really good at that in general, but yeah, she, he picks out Dakota state apart like that. And you know, what's funny is, uh, I kind of think, her getting point guard reps in the first half when Molly Mogensen was in foul trouble, like unlocked her a little bit. And she didn't start off the game really well. I think she was started off over four from the field, had a couple in and outs. Like I don't think she was in a slump or anything, but she just hadn't hit any shots yet. And she started to get going when she took over the ball handling responsibilities because she was just able to attack, you know, and look for either opportunities for herself or for a teammate. So I think that in a weird way, She's not used to playing that position, but playing that position on opening night at Fresno Arena kind of unlocked her offense a little bit. And then, you know, I think she scored nine points in a four-position stretch to end the first half and then just, you know, pretty much went off from there in the second. So, yeah, but she had a she had a she had a she had a sequence. I think it was maybe not quite back to back, but where she came off a screen and hit a three, a little flare screen action. And then the second time she set it up like she was doing it again, and her her play her defender kind of overplayed it a little bit, and she just back cut her. Like I mean, she left her in different area code, had all day to make that layup and got it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, when you look at when South Dakota State tied it up at sixty four, and then Emma Rontic sets that go screen and slips to the rim for the layup to give them the lead, then Molly Mogensen gets the steal in the post, and Lauren hits that transition three. That was a big shot to put him up five. That felt like that felt like a Carver shot, right? Where it was like that felt a dagger. Um, but after yeah, after Ronsek slipped to the rim, like Lauren scored eleven of the last twelve points and just iced the game away. Finished with a career high thirty points. She had five assists. Four of them, I think, were in the third quarter. So she was really an unstoppable force there. I, I mean, it was really impressive to watch. Yeah, and I thought I thought there was a time too in the second half where, and I don't know how many times in a row they did it, but you know Emma had Emma brought the ball up, and I, you know, when you're talking about some of those situations this year, which would be kind of interesting, Molly, you know, Molly Moe is extremely aggressive, and it's one of the things that makes you a little bit scared, you know, with foul trouble and things like that, and what's you know what could happen, and I know one of those which I love this option is having Emma bring it up then. And I thought that freed things up in the second half too, because I love it. Uh, I just love having our bigs that can handle the ball. And then it get, draws their bigs away from the bucket and allows so much of us. It just gives, it gives, I think it gives LJ more room. It gives her more room to operate. You see some more of those back cuts and things like that too. I like that. Yeah, she was great. 
And it is interesting how they're going to handle that point guard situation. Because, I mean, Molly, I think, is a player who can play 30 to 35 minutes a night. But, you know, she did get in foul trouble against South Dakota State. So, you know, how much, especially because she's so good defensively and so aggressive defensively, you know, she takes some chances. Right. And when you're the primary point guard and there's not really a true backup behind you, if you get in foul trouble, that could be a situation where Creighton finds himself in a tough spot, you know. So how much of that will they navigate that the first month of the year or whatever it takes for Keani Lockett to get back and right. get get game ready? You know, does that affect Molly's defense at all? I wonder. Um, I certainly didn't see it against South Dakota. We'll talk about that game in a minute, but I thought she was really aggressive defensively and stayed out of foul trouble there. So maybe she'll, you know, she'll learn how to keep that keep that tenacity defensively without, you know, getting into foul trouble and compromising Creighton's offensive flow, you know. But uh yeah, one other key to victory in Frost was the Jays held Maya Selland, who's the two time Summit League player of the year, South Dakota State's best player, uh Tori Nelson and Peyton Burkhardt, twenty eight points. Together, all three of them were two for twelve from three and they had nine turnovers. And last year when that group played they were 27 and four. That group averaged about 37 points a game, only four turnovers. And I think they shot about 44% from three in the games that they all played together. So, yeah, that was crazy impressive the way Creighton didn't let any. I mean, Sullen had 22, but it didn't feel like it was a 22, like a game takeover 22, like Lawrence 30 was. You know, it just felt like she got 22 because she's good. And then yeah. Burkhard, Burkhard was held scoreless. And. Nelson had six on six shots. So the other two were terribly inefficient. And Selen was just kind of, you know, did her thing. But the yeah. three of them together, 28 points on, you know, on how many shots they took. That's, you know, Creighton's defense deserves a lot of credit for that. Because that's that's kind of how it won them the game. If, they, if, those, if those three had gotten going early, that might not have been a game that Creighton could have overcome and or could have taken over like they did in the second half. Yeah, I love I I I love how they they're playing defense too, and I at, and they're playing team they're playing team defense. Uh, you know, not only they switch everything all over the place, um, and they're active active. But I put something out there. I tweeted something out about about uh, Rachel too. I thought was just outstanding. Just uh, the the intangibles, the non stat kind of things. I don't even remember what I said. The the tip outs, the tip backs, the steals. So I think she had how many steals she have? She had three steals, I think. I think she had three, yeah. Yeah. One one was a pick oh. six. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, some of those uh some of those things uh, a lot of the hustle plays. I love how they're playing defense uh right now. Yeah, they have they have some toughness to them, you know. I think they understand that that end of the floor is important. You know, they're not just a I think you when you see teams that are as good as Creighton is offensively, they kind of live on that side of the floor and just like, yeah, our offense will take care of it. Don't worry about it. You know, we don't have to devote so much energy and, uh, you know, concentration to the defense end of the floor. That's not really how Creighton rolls. Like they're a really elite offensive group, but they're tough. You know, and then, and then when you look at South Dakota State, who's a really physical team, that was probably a question mark in the matchup, right? Could Creighton match South Dakota State's physicality? And I think it was apparent, even when South Dakota State got off to, I think they got out to a 12-4 lead or something uh, in that range. I didn't feel like Creighton was getting overwhelmed physically. I thought they were just kind of, 
you know, just kind of not, you know, I just think shots weren't falling. They had a few turnovers, but they were, I thought they were okay physically. And then that kept going as the game went on. Jamie Horan, Mallory Brake, Rachel Saunders, all those type of players that aren't, you know, that don't get the star treatment that, that Morgan Molly and Lauren Jensen and Emma Ronson get, right? I thought all those players were really, you know, set a tone and they were tough every single play. They fought for every single loose ball and every rebound and didn't let South Dakota State really impose their physicality on the game and let Creighton know that was a way that they could win. Like Creighton was like, no, we're going to take this to you. And, you know, we have plenty of players who are who are capable of throwing bodies around too, and that's the way it's going to be. So that's yeah. that, from that aspect, I don't know if South Dakota State like felt a little bit uneasy about how that was going to go, but I think Creighton matching that physicality early in the game and, you know, establishing that was a way that they were able to settle in and get comfortable, especially as the shots started to fall offensively. Yeah, I mean, I thought – uh Jamie and Mal and Carly, I think they were in within the first five minutes of the game or right around five minutes. I think all three of them were in there. And I I think like I think Carly's got a little look to her this year. Like she she looks extremely confident out there. Well, Jamie Horan looks fantastic uh, jamie i mean jamie was jamie scored five points when they were in a funk yeah. early like that was huge that got them started if yeah, she doesn't she do that the, they might they were down 12 good. yeah they were down 12 6 if i remember right she hit a big three like a and she had the put back on when emma's shot got blocked she came in swooping in and caught it and laid it in reverse layup yeah, yeah. huge five points yeah i think though i think those three had played fantastic even mal um i think all of all of them have elevated they have all elevated from last year. They look, they look tough. I, um, I love the fact that you can bring in. It's almost like a line change uh, with some of those girls in there, and to to an extent, they had to be able to do that just to just to be able to wear at state. Where because we're we're deep, and that's that that's the kind of strategy where you're thinking about the second half. Also, uh, you know, not wearing out everybody because that's a it's such a physical game. But they came in. I thought they were just toe to toe. All three, all three of them did. Yeah. So uh, your impressions of like Lauren Jensen and taking the game over? Because I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's totally within her personality. I think she's just hooping out there. You know. Yeah. I think that's kind of when she's comfortable is when she's just playing. But you know, Creighton was making that once they once Creighton felt like she was going, they made a concerted effort to run actions for her specifically. And so it's not like one of those things where Lauren, I think, has a I'm going to take over this game and I'm going to win this game mentality. I think she's I think she does a good job of staying level and playing unselfish basketball. And, you know, if it's if it's if it's an action for her, it's an action for her. But if it's not, she's going to do all the things to play off the other people and get herself open um, to create opportunities for them to make plays. Right. But. When they when she realized it was like oh we're running the same stuff over and over again and I got to set these screens up and use them and manipulate my defender like she was she was damn near perfect I mean she did she she scored at will almost you know big shots from three big shots off screens big shots in transition she went inside she finished with the right and left hand she hit pull up jumpers like she does I mean. And then when they started fouling, she went six for six from the free throw line to ice the game. Just a flawless offensive performance 
from Lauren Jensen. Especially I, down the stretch. I, yeah, I mean, I w- when you think about LJ or think about Jensen, of course, we've already talked about Carver like eight times tonight already. But but you think about the three. But man, it's, it's way more than three point shooting with with LJ. I um I have seen it in the you know the first couple games, exhibition games as well. I think she has a, I think she has an intention to get to the basket right now. Like, um, and I don't know what the, I don't know if Sokol is slanted or whatever, but everybody goes to the left too. It's, it's, she is going to the left. I think I'm going to roll. So I'm going to roll a, a marble or something on Sokol when I'm in there Tuesday because uh, she does it. Molly Mo does it, but driving in the lane has, is it's a change of direction though. It's not, I think right hand is their preferred uh, side, but it gets taken away. So yeah, to, I, I understand. The, that. The, the, the thing about it is, they can counter it. That's what that's what yep. not a lot of players can do, right? If you yeah. take away the right hand, they can almost over leverage you and spin to the left and finish there too. That's the cool. Yeah, part. how you know how how deadly is your game when you can either you can either shoot the three and not just shoot the three. I've never seen somebody. I've never seen anybody has a quicker release than LJ. And so so you got that, and now you got somebody cheating up on you, and you blow by. And uh, you add to that a little floater or a little baseline floater, which she has added quite a bit of that. In addition to some strength, she just looks stronger too. Um, that's why I just think she's in it. You know, you think about NCAA tournament and making the big three, her game looks like it looks, it looks kind of sort of complete right now to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you, I it's, it's amazing what confidence does. Right. Cause I think, None of the skills seem surprising. It's just that they're coming in these, uh, you know, the numbers she's putting up, you're like, I just think she believes in herself a lot more than she ever has ever, you know, as a player. Maybe back into their AAU days or high school days. So I think that's why you see her putting up gaudy numbers. You're like, oh, you know, I think she just has a lot of belief in her ability and that, you know, that she needs to be shooting a lot for them to have a chance to win. And he trusts her. She trusts her skills. She trusts her work. And I think she knows that the team trusts her to take those shots in those moments. And I think once you have all of that spinning together, nothing, nothing phases you out there. Right. Don't you think like, well, and I think, I, I mean, what... how much of it, how much of it do you think the confidence is? She puts in a lot of work. She's a skilled player, but having that belief in herself is probably the largest chunk of it. Right. Cause then you can just go out there and play and do your thing. Yeah, and I think that's what's I think that's what's scary about the team this year is um okay, so is it uh when you need a bucket, is it gonna is it gonna be LJ? Is it gonna be Morgan Molly? Is it gonna be Emma? Is it gonna be Mogensen? You know, so imagine you you know, imagine scouting that or gaming that and, and figuring out what's gonna happen because I see I see a lot, a lot of players who are very ready and willing to, they want the ball, you know, when it's, when it's crunch time too. So I think that's, what's, I think that's, what's scary fun about the team too. I would have total faith in all of them, you know, running, running whatever actions you want to try and, you know, tie it up, win it, whatever you got. Yeah, for sure. I think we saw that because, you know, in the, in the South Dakota game, uh, you know, Creighton got to a slow start offensively. And then it was kind of Molly Mogensen and Morgan Molly who took over offensively, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't Lauren Jensen. Although Lauren, you know, ended up with twelve points on six of thirteen. She didn't have any threes. She was over four from three. 
Um, you know, it was it was kind of Morgan, you know, scoring at all three levels again because we've we've seen that she can do that, right? She can score with her back to the basket. She can set defenders up in the post. She can. She has a great face up game. She can set up, you know, off balance shots there, and she's good at those in the mid range and baseline jumpers and things like that. And then she's also got range well beyond the three point line. So you have to track her out there. One thing I thought South Dakota State did was I thought they did a good job of tracing her shooting hand to kind of just break her rhythm a little bit, you know. I don't think she had a lot of rhythm to to get those shots off as comfortably as she normally does. I didn't think South Dakota South Dakota did nearly as good of a job as the as the Jackrabbits did. And she was able to get some shots off and get something to go down. I mean she had some deep threes in that game. And then finishes with twenty one points, ten rebounds. You know, Molly Mogensen hit some big shots. I think you know, Creighton had that 19-0 run to end the first half and take an 11-point lead. And then South Dakota scored the first five points in the second half, and then Molly Mogensen cashes a three from the right wing, and it kind of got Creighton settled back down a little bit and allowed them to spread the lead back out. So he was huge in the third and fourth quarter. Morgan was big. Um, so it was, it's was it been interesting, right, because you have two games now, and oh. Lauren took over one of them, and then Molly and Morgan took over the other one. So you right there, you've already seen some balance there in terms of like who can show up and take over a game. And the fact that it happened in two road games in two places that are difficult to win at historically, I mean, that's a pretty loud opening statement for Creighton in week one. Don't you think? I do. I do. And I, my biggest note I've written down, uh, at least for, uh, for Morgan is uh, Morgan Molly is a problem. Morgan Molly is a, she is, a, that's a, she is a problem. Yeah, she has a big yeah. problem. And when you well, when you talk about South Dakota State, they were able to match her athletically, like size and athletically. But if she, you know, she has a big on her, just somebody who's big and can't move with her. Um, she's now added some different things to to her game, uh, more of the more of the mid range kind of things. And so one of the things I noticed is she had a big on her in South Dakota, and now she's at the elbow. She's fifteen feet away, and now she turns and faces. And now this is a problem um, because she has that ability to just absolutely blow right by you. Um, or she has that ability to just step back, uh, you know, and just put it and just put it in your eye. And so I think uh, I think in addition to that being exciting, that LJ is the one that, you know, goes off in Brookings and then Morgan takes over in Vermillion. Emma's been quiet so far. And so then you're like, OK. What when's it going to happen with her? It could happen anytime. Uh, Molly, uh, Molly had what did she have at South Dakota? 16, 16 on 6 and 10 shooting, yeah, four assists, one yeah. turnover. Yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy good game. It is crazy when you're talking about. Um, I'm trying to remember your 19 point run, the 19 point run to end the half. Um, it was LJ Floater, Mallory Break run out, Molly Moe little run out jumper LJ then Morgan Molly then LJ then Rachel with a breakaway and six yep yeah and at that point it was heads were spinning and uh and it was a little bit of everything it was like it all but didn't it feel didn't it feel it didn't feel like a spurt it felt like a takeover this is a spurt is like I think if you go oh. on a 19-0 run on a spurt it's like two three minutes and you just hit every shot and you were unconscious right yeah. But I thought Creighton like changed the game because it was a 19-0 run over the course of eight minutes, basically, eight and a half minutes. So it was like 
from Creighton's side of it, it was like we're taking the game over because we had missed some shots early, but we've made some adjustments defensively. After Grace Larkins got off to a really good start for South Dakota, you know, Creighton switched Molly Mogensen on her, and she did a great job defensively. And then Creighton started to get shots to fall, and all of a sudden South Dakota couldn't find any offense because they shut off the number one. And it was just a takeover. It was a 19 nothing takeover. It wasn't a run. You know what I mean? It was a takeover. Yeah, and I think that's I think it's because it wasn't like three three pointers back to back to back, something exactly. like that. I mean, yeah. it was it was um surgical, kind yes. of. Um, and and they got them in a lot of different ways. And I do and I do love the fact that it was about four different, you know, that scored in that spurt. It wasn't just like, oh my gosh, yeah. LJ. LJ from the corner, from the top, you know, boom, yeah. boom, boom. It was a little bit of everything. And you mentioned Mallory Brake. She had I don't know why she only has two points, but she had two runouts um in transition. That's 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 wrong. So she had two runouts in transition, one in the first half, one in the second half. And you know, she, so she's exhibiting the ability to run the floor as the as the five man, right? And right. get out there. You know, she had sequences where she puts together a good stop defensively with her length and her, you know, she's really bouncy and she can bother shots. She had a crazy block shot against South Dakota State in the first half where maybe it was the first half or second half. It was probably second half where they were driving. I think Flan checked her in and like five seconds later, she erased a layup. But I mean, this is a, like a 99%. That's a bucket. But because she's so athletic and long, he just wiped it away completely, you know, and she had a couple of those sequences against South Dakota where she just, you know, plays really good sound, you know, post defense, makes a shot difficult, doesn't foul, stays straight up and down vertically, and then just hits the ground running and is the first one down the floor for an easy transition layup. She had a couple of those. And then you look at Carly Bachelor off the bench with 12 points and six boards. Like Jamie Haran was big again. She knocked down a three, had five points, three boards, like two steals in 14 minutes. Just, those three have been great so far. And when you like, so then you put it all together and realize that Creighton has eight options right now that are playing the best basketball of their career. Maybe, maybe you'd argue, maybe Emma would probably say, I'm not playing the best basketball of my career right now because I can score at a higher clip than this. But I think Emma's been really great defensively for the first two games. Yeah. So I would probably push back a little bit um, and say, yeah, these are eight players right now that are playing at the highest level they've ever played at. And that's a pretty dangerous uh, proposition when you think about they're only two games into the year. Yeah, that's what when we went and uh, watched them practice. I don't remember if we were talking about this, but I just feel like they just have a ton of starters. They just have a ton yeah. of starters. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, and it's not like, it's not like they have two different two. To, they have an A and a B group. I mean, mm-hmm. they got they got a, a whole bunch of A's. Well, because um, Carly started last year and now she's in a reserve role, right? So she's yeah, she's capable of doing see, it, right? And it's not it doesn't even feel like a reserve role. You know, once once they get their rotations going and they get people out there, you've got two or three that didn't start the game. Mm-hmm. You know, that are out there in that run. Oh my gosh, the South Dakota run. Um, I think maybe a couple starters weren't even out there for you know for the bulk of that. Oh yeah. Or I hate yeah. to use the word tar- you know starters, whoever started the game, um, but certainly a couple that came off the bench w- were part of that. And I mean Emma and Morgan played twenty four and twenty three minutes. Yeah. Harley and Mallory played twenty seven and twenty. So that's just there's a lot of interchangeability there, right? Yeah. There's a lot of balance. You know. I love how solid 
Car- Carly is. And just, uh, she's a stealth player. She, she's quiet. She quietly got her dozen points. And, uh, I always thought last year she was so good on the glass, so good on the offensive glass and th- those kind of things that, you know, you don't always get the notoriety about, but, and I see it, I see, I see that toughness um, in her as well this year. I think, I think she's really elevated quite a bit. And you want to talk about the offensive glass, uh, Morgan Molly with five offensive rebounds against South Dakota. I mean, she started off the game with her offensive rebound put back, like, you know, as, as good of a scorer as she is, she works really hard too. That's the other part of it that's really fascinating because she can manufacture points that aren't the prettiest and it just piles up, you know? Like yeah. we all want to see her like shoot 20 times from B from 25 feet plus, right? But she also can score on the offensive glass. She can get to the free throw line. Like that's what's really special about her is she works hard too. She's not one of these, I'm a scorer, you guys do the dirty work. She does the dirty work too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the uh, the handles quite yet. I'm I'm waiting on that. I know that's, I know she's been working quite a bit on that this past summer. Am I am I wrong? But I'd like to see her, you know, get that opportunity too. But I, I just think her back to the basket game, with there are so many that are in, they're in such trouble when she has when she has you back down and she can either step back on you or go around. I think she is, she's dangerous. He is dangerous. What's the phrase from Top Gun? I I am dangerous. Ice um, man. Yeah. Uh. So Creighton keep completes the sweep of the South Dakota road trip, and it's uh extremely rare, not just the road trip, but beating South Dakota and South Dakota State in their own gyms in the same season. So Creighton obviously did it this year, and I went back and looked, and actually the last time South Dakota and South Dakota State have lost to the same team at home in the same season was also Creighton in 2012. So it hasn't happened since then. And so the Jays are the only two, the only team to do it in the last 10, 11 years. Um, they've done it twice. So that just lets you know, because South Dakota and South Dakota state have been really good for a long time. Right. So it shouldn't shock you that it's rare. I just thought it was interesting that Creighton is the only one who can say they've done it because they've been in the same league for so long and no one's been able to pull it off and not even accidentally. You know, where you catch them both at a bad time and get them, you know. Uh, but yeah, a huge feather in Creighton's cap to, to get that sweep on that road trip, heading into what is their only home game for the first month and a half of the season. Uh, but two and oh out of that trip is huge, right? Just because you came into this offseason with so much expectations on yourself. You know, the team thought they were they could use the elite as a springboard, not as an aberration. So I think. You know, what do you think two and O does for you know for that mindset? I I was thinking about how they started off the season. I wonder if Flan and Booth get together and they're like, "What do you What are you going to do before conference starts?" So, well, what do you think? Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and try and top one another because uh, they're going. They're they take their teams through the gauntlet, no doubt. I I love the fact that you travel to these places. Um, in these environments to get ready for, for Big East play. And I would love, I would love to road trip sometime to some, some Big East games and see what the crowds are like and how hostile they are. But I can only imagine, and you were there up at, up at state. Um, that's, that gets your team ready. And I didn't see, I didn't see any 
thing from Creighton that said they got nervous one bit or hesitated. That's one the bit. yeah. Not well, I think I, last year it started with this group last year because they went to Drake and Nebraska in two of their first three games, and they lost both of those games, right? Close games, but they lost right. them. And Drake was a hostile environment. The place was packed out. It was it was crazy, and Nebraska was too. So I feel like winning, you know, just competing and, and giving yourself a chance to win in those environments helped you in April, in March. Like – when you had to go to Seton Hall and win in a game that meant a lot for Seton Hall's NCAA tournament resume and for yours, and you win that game in double overtime, uh, you know, you win at DePaul, um, you know, you win in Iowa. Like that's those are not those are not easy places to get road wins, and they got road wins at all three of them. So, yeah, I think they're battle tested. You know, they've had some shortcomings in those environments before, but I think this group that's been together for a while now is battle tested because they, they did not, they did not blink in frost arena and they, they, they had plenty of opportunities too. South Dakota got, got off to a good start in the first, you know, to start the game. So did South Dakota, you know, it's funny because Creighton got down in both of those. They were down 19, 12 in the first quarter against South Dakota. They were down 19, 14 after the first quarter against South Dakota state. And they just kept plugging away. Like nothing phased them. That's what's crazy about this group is there's not really a way to quantify it. You just know that they're not going to get overwhelmed. They might lose. They might not play well. They might, you know, be on the short end of the of the stick at the end of the day, but they're not going to be afraid of anything. And that's that's going to carry them pretty far because if you're not nervous or shaken up or or kind of uh internal and you're just out there playing, I think most nights you're going to be able to handle business because you're not worried about extracurricular stuff, you know? Yeah, I think uh, – I just think they look calm. They look calm, Maddie. And, you know, these these juniors, they got thrown into it right away. You know, think back, freshmen, and when, when they were young, they were out there on the floor. They played together a lot. Um, they've, just, they've just hooped together a lot. Um, yeah, they look calm confident swag i don't know i don't know what you want to what you want to call it um well, you but call it whatever you want you're a little bit older yeah. than me so you have different words but you can yeah whatever you feel comfortable describing it with right i'll go with swag then i kind of like yeah. i think they play with some swag, swag? yeah is that, is that a word you use often swag you feel feel like that's your I, word i use it on uh i use it on this podcast quite a bit so <laughs> yeah okay no, I, i'll let you have it down six, down five. What's that? That's nothing. Yeah, no nothing. worries. No worries. I wasn't, was I wasn't worried when I was yeah. watching. You weren't. No. So maybe maybe they get it from you then. Maybe their maybe their confidence comes from their PA guy. I'd like to think that that voice that is hanging out at Sokol Arena brings a sense of calm to all of it. I mean, I'd I don't like know. Man, that. I know if, it does. I'd like. What if it's like? That. What what if you're motivating them because you have to call. You have to call when they're when the opponent's shots go in too. So maybe you piss them off when you used to do that. Like maybe they're like, "Man, no, screw Lance, man. Why is he? Why is he? Why is he hyping them up too?" Because there's no hype. Because that's classic PA strategy. Anytime you know anybody else make, and I that's that's from Jake. That's from listening to to the master from CHI. That's just like somebody from the other the other team scores. And it's just you know, Car- Carrie Anderson. 
just whatever whatever they get no they get no extra boost at all don't even say their last name just like no shot it kind of trail it kind of what was the what was the what was the what's the uh have you seen major league the movie major league i have seen that when when uh What's Bob Euchre's name in that movie? What are they called? Harry? Is Harry Doyle. Is that Harry Doyle? Is that what Harry it is? Doyle? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He passes out drunk, right? And oh. and Marty takes over and he goes, fly ball. Caught. <laughs> like that's that's how you do the opponents. You're just like Yeah. You're like Yeah, and I'm so, not like it's Sonya Morris hits a three, you're like Morris? Yeah. Three. Sonya Morris. Yeah. yeah that's all it is. And it trails <laughs> off. It trails off, so you can't even like make out the last. You like thing, cut the mic short. You're like cut the mic short. Sign sus- anymore. Sign anymore. Like- <laughs> That's what it. Uh, only the you know if their parents were there, they'll know what it was supposed to sound like. But that's about you're like, it. It's like a twenty point game, and someone hits a shot. You're like you're like scoreboard. Scoreboard. Creighton's still up twenty. Like yeah, good shot, kid. Like, would that be would that be annoying if after every bucket then I announce the score? Would you like that? That's that. Don't they do that in the NCAA tournament? I'm pretty sure they do. I've right? heard it. I don't like it. I've heard it. I don't. Like yeah, it. I've heard it before too. It's a little jarring when it first happens because you're like, wait, why are you telling us all that? Yeah. I've seen <laughs> I I've seen vol I've seen volleyball where they do that too after every point and then they say what the scores and I, you know, you got to realize there is a scoreboard typically, yeah, you know, in the facility. That you could look at, <laughs> yeah. Did they do it at Carver? I feel like that's the last place I heard it was them announcing the score all the time. Did they do it at Carver? I, I, I might have. I might have blacked out after after LJ made that bucket. That's all I remember because of, of all the apple juice you were drinking at, at Carver. Did they serve it apple juice just, there? It was just a a sorry sea of yellow. That's what a, I remember seeing. A sorry sea of yellow. That's usually what happens when a lot of people drink too much. Is a sorry sea of yellow, right? Just a joy, an absolute joyous wave of about seventy-five blue shirts. That's <laughs> what I remember. Yeah, but you finagled a pass out of that, so you weren't sitting with the with the rubes. You were you were on press row or whatever. No, you had a better seat than press row. You were like you were like department staff row. You were like I was, a big I believe wave. I was at I believe I was at uh, the Creighton Jays radio table. Yeah. Which Wait didn't even, which didn't exist because they weren't broadcasting on the radio. See, I think it was like Marcus Blossom, the athletic director, yeah, Lance Robbie, who was that and, guy, and then and Robert, Rob Anderson. And Robert, I was sitting with Robert Anderson. Yeah, so it was like you were in a, you were sandwiched by two, you know, luminaries of Creighton athletics, and then it was just you in the middle, just like so. Yeah, I felt very secure. I felt yeah. very secure right there. Yeah, you had a better view than I did. Thanks a lot for sharing with that. You know, I saved but you a seat up. I saved you a seat in the press area, you know, up in the corner in the stands and everything. And then you were like, yeah, I'll be back. And then I don't think I talked to you the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I didn't come back. No, I don't even think we spoke for like maybe two months after that. You didn't even, you didn't even think I existed anymore because you had, you had good seats and stuff. So you're a big deal. Papa Glenn hooked me up. That's Papa Glenn Sisk. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there are, there have been, Four top twenty-five upsets so far. I guess upsets is not quite accurate, but four top twenty-five teams have lost home games so far in college basketball. Oregon on the men's side lost to UC Irvine, and on the women's side there have been three. Two of them, two of the road wins, belong to the Big East. So South South Carolina, the best team in the country, 
reigning national champs, uh, one at Maryland last night. But the other two, uh, Creighton won at South Dakota State, and then Villanova won at Princeton. So the Big East owns two of the three road wins over top 25 teams to start, start the season. How does that make you feel? Uh, does it make talking, you feel things? Well, you know, anytime you're talking about the Big East, you know, winning. Do you not have, you not have Big East solidarity, Lance? Oh, man. Sounds like you don't. This is awkward. I don't know. I mean, so it's the non-con. Non-con in tournament time is when you celebrate each other's success, right? Isn't that when it happens? No, I don't. I don't know. Although I, would although say... all the the Paul and Pro and Georgetown ruined the undefeated record, though they were eighteen and zero going into today. The Paul lost at Northern Illinois, and Georgetown lost at Temple, which isn't terribly surprising. Is Northern Illinois good? Why I did have... Paul lose? Why did Paul lose that game? I have no idea. That's awkward. I don't know. Anissa Morrow shot six threes. Anyway, talk about the top twenty-five wins, Lance. Um, well, I'll go back that up to for you. Okay, well, I'll go back to what you're talking about about uh, you know conference. Um, I guess I guess I do uh, support that a little bit. My daughter was at a volleyball tournament a little bit ago. It was a crossover tournament between conferences and and when they were playing oh, sure. another sure. team, another team from their same conference came and cheered for them. So I, I know, I know, I know, I know, and I thought that was actually pretty cool. So yeah. okay, so now I guess I do. I fully support. I 100% support the Big East Conference uh, in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I just think it's impressive that, you know, two of the three road wins over top 25 teams belong to the Big East. Feather, cap, right? I would completely agree. And you said uh, in Villanova, what just happened to Villanova? We were talking about that. Oh, well, the men lost. The men lost on the road. They were the first team to lose in the Big East at all, on oh, either side right. of the ledger. Yeah. That's right. No, I, I think, I think, um, if when we're talking on the women's side, Big East, uh, doing well and ramping up the conference, it's exactly like volleyball. Of course, you want them to do well and be strong and grow the conference, and it makes all of our future wins against the Big East look. Is that okay we're not gonna. We're not. We're not gonna be a we in our podcast. So stop doing that. What it's are you not gonna happen. About? You've done it like seven times already. Oh, yeah. I'm stop sorry. it. That's okay. I don't believe you're sorry, but I hope you stop it. Okay. I think it's a good thing. Do you? You think the we and ours are good? Do you? <laughs> sure. No, I don't think you feel any type of way about it. I'm neutral. Um, yeah. We're neutral on this local snipers podcast. God, I love that name. The more I say it, the more I love it. That's what this podcast is called, right? The Sokol Snipers Podcast. God, it That's, sounds good. Does sound good. I love it. So anyway, what's up next for the Jays, right? Lance Robbie gets to make his PA season debut, official season debut. You did that, you did some exhibitions, right? Uh, I did do a couple of exhibitions. So, uh, those did you announce? Did you did you tweet out that you were making your debut? By the way, or did you did you screw that up already? Because the debut is officially on Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday at six. Tuesday yeah. at six. 
I, are you PA in that? Are you on the PA that game? I I'll be doing all of the games, all the games this year. Yeah. Oh, so, that's amazing. Oh, thank Great you. News, I, I love I love you so much. That. Yeah, he, um, he deserted the volleyball team all year for some reason. What was the reason again? Why? You have a, you have a daughter and she's good at something. What is it? That's so harsh. I, oh, sorry. wow. I'm out. I'm out watching a little volleyball. You know, I was. Uh, I was. I was. No, uh, wait. Shout out Meg. Shout out Meg Robbie though, because she absolutely killed it to end the year. I mean, some Jaylee Winners numbers this kid wow. put up. So she clearly gets a lot of athleticism from her mom because we've seen. Clearly, events. you know, we know. We've interacted with him. We know what he's about, right, physically and everything. So she may or um, may not have had twenty six kills in her last match this season. Ooh, so, like, you know, it was decent, yeah, bro. It was decent. I was. What's, uh, it like to, what's it like to be the father of a star? What's that like? Is that is that weird? Have you asked? Have you asked your daughter for an autograph yet? You should. Um. Yeah, I should have her sign stuff whenever I loan her money. That's where I should get her autograph. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey, here's I, twenty bucks. Can you sign this stuff too for me? I was I was announcing one of the. I don't know if it was South Dakota. Or it might have been one of the first conference weekends or whatever. And there were a couple of people sitting behind me, and they're like, "You're here." They're like, "You're here." Oh, we've we've missed you and everything. What, well, how come you're not doing some volleyball matches? I'm like, "Oh, I gotta." I'm watching my daughter, and they're like, "Oh, that's okay. We understand." They understood, Matt. Wow. No, I they didn't. They were yeah. very understanding. Well, it's good that you found some people in your corner. Then it's important strength in numbers. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're a trader, but well, whatever. You know, so, why didn't you just have her? Just have her play for Creighton. Then you could do both. Oh. Would you do both? Like, if, let's say one day, if 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 Meg's if Meg's on Creighton's roster, would you do both? <laughs> would you be able to do both? <laughs> would I announce? Yeah. Yeah. Would you but... announce and then like also be you know cheering dad? Yeah, but probably, I would. It would be. It would be like. Uh, it would be like Point Blue Jays killed by Meg Robbie. Oh, okay. You give her the, the road trip. I would. Man. I would try. I wouldn't. I couldn't get too hyped about that. Everybody be like, "Oh, that's your kid." Come on. Just like take your shirt off and spin it around your head. I'd have Meg, to Meg Robbie while you're twirling it or whatever. I'd have Just to like be pretty, pretty chill yeah. about it. Anyway, shout out to Meg because she had a crazy end of her season, her freshman season at Michigan Tech. That's right. Uh, yeah, so Lance has a pretty studly volleyball player on his hands here. Yeah, I like her. I like her. I like my kids. I you like, like my your kids. kids. Yeah. Two of, two of my favorite things in the world collided this fall, and that's that's volleyball and my children. So that was fun to go mm. watch go watch nice. her play. So yeah, Tuesday. So that, but yeah, that's that's the reason. That's the reason that Lance hasn't been on the PA as much. But he's back on Tuesday. Nebraska Creighton top twenty five matchup again. Sold out crowd. Hopefully, it's sold out because of Jays fans. I'm a little bit skeptical because we know how Nebraska fans like to take over the arena and then say they took over the arena and stuff. They love telling you how many fans they have. That's the that's the that's Nebraska's um, favorite tradition is talking about the fans' support. Yeah, I've an, I've announced. So hopefully, couple- hopefully the Jays fans are on board with this team because they're really good and they deserve a sold out crowd of their own instead of having to spoil everybody else's hostile environments, but. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, top twenty-five matchup: Creighton, Nebraska. Lance, are you going to get any sleep this weekend? I am not going to get. Well, I'm not going to get any sleep because I've been on the road uh, so much lately. But yeah, I so am, he's not even he's not even hyped about the games because he's been traveling. See, that's, I, I set so, that up and then you just like, threw it in the trash we, can. We should get the word out that it is just regardless of the team that you're there to to support. You should wear blue on Tuesday night. I think that's what that's how we're going to sell it. 
whatever isn't blue team. Just a, isn't blue just a cool color? Like in it general, it is. It's, yeah. It is. It has different shades and stuff. You know, like darker. You can go baby blue. You can go royal blue. Like it's such a versatile, awesome color. Like why wouldn't you want to wear that anyway? Right. I have no idea. I don't understand people that don't want to wear blue all the time. It's a there's a as he's wearing as he's wearing a Michigan Tech Husky. Are they called the Huskies? They're the and they Husky. stole in the Michigan Wolverines colors. Apparently, is that is that amazing? It's black and yellow. It's black and gold. Looks looks amazing blue to me, but okay, black and gold it is. Very black. It's very black and gold. Should be um, <laughs> it should be uh, it should be fun Tuesday. Sold out crowd all. Creighton fans, every fan there will be a Creighton fan. But but uh, it's really, I, it isn't this how it should be with this team? Shouldn't it be sold out at Sokol? Do you yes. Have a, yeah. Yes. But I said that last year and no one showed up. I was there. Yeah, I mean, some people showed up. Not enough people. And then everybody, and then they made the Elite Eight, and it's like, oh wow, they were really good. Yeah, they were that the whole time. They just weren't playing for an elite eight. You know, they were if I had called the, you know, Creighton versus Villanova at NCAA tournament game, would you have showed up for that? Is that what you're telling me right there? I don't know. <laughs> like, oh my God, they made the Elite Eight. They were what really good. Yeah, they were really good the whole time. They hit like 23s multiple times. What a great opportunity to uh welcome even more fans to Sokol on Tuesday. Especially since it's their only home game until December 10th. They don't play another home game until December 10th. They have five straight on the road after this. I didn't even realize that. Was that that news to you right there? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, had, I didn't even look at the schedule, and that actually quite bombs me out because I look forward to home games to do December tenth. December tenth is their next one after this. After Tuesday, they don't play again at home until December tenth. I was hoping that there would it's be Nebraska some- on Tuesday, and they're at Northern Iowa, at UNO, at Xavier, at Villanova, at St. John's. Okay, at least they're at, at least they're at UNO. And that's not a that's not a huge ask for a travel, right? It's I not believe bad. it's in the, I believe it's in the same city. Yeah, same. Do you get yeah. Do you get travel compensation for Baxter? No, <laughs> don't. Okay. Do you are you gonna do PA for that game? Uh, no, I'm not doing that game. Why? I won't be there. That's not a that's not a Creighton home game. Now, so now, are you gonna be there? Like, are you gonna be there just saying those phrases? As you cheer the game on, like I'll be muttering, the microphone. Them, I'll be muttering them quietly to myself. I have done Omaha. I have done Omaha games though in the past, and I've always wondered. And I, I would. I don't know if I could ever do this. What if they asked me to do a game like where Creighton was there, and I had to be the home announcer for for Omaha? I don't. That wouldn't. That I couldn't do that. Would you say no to that? Yeah. What if they ever? What if they offered you like a retirement savings account, like level of money? Go Mavs. How much is your integrity worth? <laughs> Go Mavs. <laughs> All right. So everybody's got a price tag. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it a little bit. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, no. So December 10th, huh? I was hoping there'd be something <clears throat> a little bit closer because we could spend some time during the podcast talking about Thanksgiving and how to build your Thanksgiving plate. It's one of my areas of expertise. Well, we still can do that because we have Zoom and internet and things like that. So we will still podcast, Lance. Well, I know that, but 
Oh yeah, that's true. I guess you're right. I guess we will be doing that. Yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense. It does, doesn't it? That was really dumb what you said. Um, moving on to the game. <laughs> I wish you could see his face. <laughs> really harsh. Yeah. Well, I mean, true though. I know. I, I deserve that. I deserve yeah. that. So moving on to the game. Uh, Creighton had kind of owned this series for a bit, right? Uh, they had won five straight before last year. Last year they lost sixty-seven to sixty sixty-seven to sixty-two in Lincoln. Um, I don't know what what kind of a game are you expecting on Tuesday? Because I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, it's a similar one. Because I think both teams are going to be are are going to be you know hyped up for this game. So I think it's going to be physical. I think you might even see some tightness in terms of shooting. So I don't know if the shooting percentages are going to be wowing people. So I think it might be another grinder of a game. Honestly, because I think they're two similarly matched teams in terms of who can do what at which position. There's some versatility there um, in terms of posts who can stretch the floor and, you know, guards who can score at three levels and play both ends. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar game. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be a brawl. I think it's going to be a brawl. And. And what I am sincerely hoping is what we talked about earlier about that sense of calm. I hope that plays in and it's just a a little bit of composure wins out. And I see the potential for, um, you know, with a huge crowd like that and a lot of emotion, there could be some, there could be some foul trouble. It's about whoever's going to handle that best. Um, It could be some that we, you know, might not be at the top of the list who might step up. Uh, and take on a role. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be a brawl. I think it's gonna be very physical. Yeah. And, you know, Tatum was really good in that game last year. So that's something that Crate doesn't have. They won't have her for this game. Because she was kind of the one who helped them get back in it last year when they were down 15 in Lincoln. And, you know, Carly Bachelor had a really good game, but she's not, you know, she's not gonna be playing 30 minutes like she was last year, I don't think. And then. Right. So, yeah, there's a little bit of interesting dynamics because Lauren Jensen really wasn't comfortable yet last year at that point when they played. Now she is. She's a star now versus where she was just kind of in a role player trying to figure out where she fit in, right? Right. Um, But also there's some differences for Nebraska. Like Nebraska this year, they look like a totally different team than than the one that played in that game as well. Like, you know, Jazz Shelley probably understands her role a little bit better. Sam Hybe's hurt, so she won't be playing in that game. But Allison Widener has made a jump. Uh, Maddie Kroll, the transfer from South Dakota, who, you know, was really good in the game against Creighton last year. She's now on Nebraska's roster and playing pretty well to start the year. Obviously, uh, Alexis Markowski only played 13 minutes in last year's game. Even though she was really good, she's going to be playing a lot more of a featured role for Nebraska this time around. Um, you look at Kendall Cauley, she's playing a big role, bigger role now than she ever has, and she was really good in that matchup with her defensive versatility. So, I mean, there's it's it's almost like, I don't know, they're just like better versions of the teams that played in that game last year. So the dynamics are a little bit different in terms of matchups, but I do, I do go back to just it being a grinder of a game because I think both teams – are going to be locked into scout, and I think they're going to execute those plans pretty well. So I think offense will be harder to come by than it normally would. I don't think one – I'd be surprised if one team gets over on the other. I think I expect this to be a really good game, close to route, and down and go down to the wire. 
Yeah, I mean, I I can see I can see something in that. Uh, you know, four to six point um, close and possibly fouling at the end. You know, either either way, and and we've got a eight point difference or something at the end. But as you're mentioning Markowski and you're mentioning Maddie Crow, that's another reason why you know we got local kids, and that's another reason why Sokol's going to be absolutely bananas. You know, Maddie Kroll puts a bucket in. She's going to have, she's going to have a couple hundred there just cheering her on. And so, um, um, yeah, the, the, the atmosphere is going to be electric. I know it's, I know it's sold out and maybe, so are there still GAs, uh, available? Those are all gone. It's standing room only then at that point, everything, everything. When I clicked on it the other, on Friday, what day is it? Saturday? Yeah. Yesterday they were all, they were all gone. Everything's gone. Everything was gone. There wasn't anything left. That's great. Do you have tickets yet? Yeah, I got a really good ticket right down on the floor. Nice. Yeah, should be good. That's good. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, though, especially because it should be a crazy environment, and I think both these teams, like we talked about earlier, I don't think either of these teams, the ranking in front of their name is a token ranking. I think they're both... I think they're both really good. And I think they I think if anything, they might be underrated, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a state it's the state of basketball right now. Um here, you know, we're a volleyball state, but I think our I think our, the the kids we have in this in this area, oh my gosh, I think basketball is strong. Um what uh ranking uh rankings come out now after for after the weekend. When will I, those well, I mean, they'll, yeah, they'll both be updated. I mean, they play Tuesday night, so I think they come out Monday, though. Okay, that's both what I was wondering. Them. Yeah. But even if they don't, they'll come out Tuesday for sure. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see teams see these two teams make a jump because they played well, you know. I think when you look at the South Dakota State turned around and won after Creighton played them. So, uh, and Drew Gilton played in that game, so that's good for them. Um, I think they won 91-73 over Lehigh. And Nebraska smoked both of their opponents. And then Creighton blew out South Dakota State, which or South Dakota, excuse me, who was getting – I believe they were getting votes in the – They were receiving votes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, receiving votes, yeah. So it was a two impressive weekend, really, um, for both – or two impressive weeks for both teams. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them jump maybe Creighton's 21, Nebraska's 22 right now. Yep. So I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them jump in the top 20. I would expect I would expect it for Creighton. Yeah, I would. I would too. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the, the tough part is like no one really lost in front of them. Maryland, I think, is the only team that lost in front of them. So, and they it's were because that's what you find out. Like it's hard to jump people when there's not movement, you know. So you, I mean, how much do your wins? How much do your? How much can you punctuate those wins? Right. Right. So does, is is South Dakota State a loud win for Creighton? I think so. I think so. I think do, it do, is. The, do the voters think so? I don't know. Yeah. But Princeton will fall. But Princeton, if Princeton's lost to Villanova. You figure Villanova will jump in the top twenty-five. How high will be the question? Um. So yeah, I think. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Creighton jump in the top twenty. Nebraska might be a little bit tougher because UNO and Houston Christian, I think, is who they played. Uh, you know, don't have that notoriety. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. It'll be, a, it'll, be a, it'll be a top 25 matchup for sure. I'd be shocked if it's not. That 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 leads some questions, right? Well, we have some questions if both teams get knocked out of the top 25. 
Hold up. Both teams drop out. <laughs> Hang on a second. Why? <laughs> I think that's all I got for the first uh, Sokol Snipers podcast. What do you got, Lance? Anything left? Um, let, uh, let me check my notes here, Maddie. Um, um, uh, future, uh, just a couple future topics. I just jot these down. Are you uh, just going to say them? Why are you saying them on the podcast? Don't tell them that. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Future topics, um, are things. Do not say the future topics out loud. Things to talk about in the future. We'll talk about topics. Yeah. We'll talk about those later. Okay. <laughs> I, um, how do you say, I want to ask you something. How do you say the capital of your state? That's what. Do you want to? That's how you want to wrap up. Uh, that's it'd probably be appropriate. Since I have up. you, since I have you here, I mean, you no, brought I, it up, I so I figure it's. Worth. I think that's fine. Since we played South Dakota and played South Dakota State, and I exactly, grew up, and I grew up in Sioux Falls, cultural mecca located directly north of here. Um, cultural capital, mecca. Huh? Yeah. Cultural mecca. We have mm-hmm. uh, the large nation's largest one-level mall. <clears throat> anyway, is capital, it really? Is it really? It is. They have a gap. Okay. Okay. All right. Food court. Capital of South Dakota is pronounced Pier. And, how, and how's it how's it spell it for everybody? E-I-E-R-R-E. Mm. Pier. 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 That's Pierre, brother. It's Pierre. It's Pierre. It's Pierre. And you know how you know how I know it's Pierre because, and you'll appreciate this as a teacher, as a as a molder of young minds in your professional life. I did research on the fellow that the name is that the town or the city, whatever is it a town, or do you go by cities? Do you not like the word town? How do you feel? The about capital town? of South Dakota is a city, Matt. It's All right, fair enough. The city, the capital city of South Dakota. Is named after a French fella named Pierre. He actually, but here his. Story. I listened to I listened to actual lectures where people right. said his name thousands of times, and not once did right. they pronounce it the way you pronounced it. There are people that misread history all the time. This is a these great. People, these people. These people felt like experts. I felt like I was great getting there. It's a great example of it. He himself. <laughs> was filled with anger his whole life for the way that people mispronounced his name. Really? Um, I, don't, really I didn't see that. Again, it was, oh. it's Pierre. It's Pierre. Pierre, huh? He was really yeah. mad about that mispronunciation, huh? I've been told, I, I've been told he was mad. I, of course, never spoke with him, but I feel like he, <laughs> it's Pierre. I feel like you have good sources on that, don't you? So is I, everybody in South Dakota on board with Pierre? Is that, everyone, is that is a, everyone is on board Talk to Emma Ronsick, see I what did. she has to say. And what did, did she, she say? Said it, she said it incorrectly as well, just like you did. Yeah. She said it correctly as well, like I did. Inco- incorrectly. As well. I, I misheard you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. Yep. I wish I had misheard you saying it, but you did say peer over and over again. So, okay. It's pure. Like peer, like looking over a water, right? Like a, like a, you know, bridge style, half bridge style structure regardless, overlooking water. Regardless. Regardless of pier, P I E R, pier, like you're on the peering over, over the ocean. The capital yeah. of South Dakota is pier, and South Dakota is blue because the mighty, mighty Crate Blue Jays did take over the state 
this past week. You know what's interesting about what Creighton's got coming up here? And I think I, I, I feel like comfortable saying it because I don't – I feel like this group is jinx-proof, so I'm just going to spit things out and let them deal with the ramifications. So Creighton's last five wins, Colorado, Iowa, Iowa State, South Dakota, South Dakota State. If they beat Nebraska, then Northern Iowa, then Omaha in their next three – They'll basically have, yeah, you're doing it with your hands there. Yeah, they have the the radius of Colorado, South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska covered with dubs. It'll be like a blue, it'll be like a giant blue circle in the middle of the country. <laughs> we are, in a basketball sense, we're gerrymandering the entire mid- Midwest. They are, that's it, good. And making it our own yeah. Creighton district. It's the Creighton That's district. It is. Yeah. I, had to just, I had to just put into the pod there. It's not. It's not the blue state. It's the state of Creighton. That's like it's just one giant, you know, gerrymandered Lamber. center, like just like cutting the middle of the country out and just calling it Creighton, state of Creighton. I am writing that down, and every, most of our listeners probably know that in order to create a new state out of existing states, you'd need the state legislatures of all of those states to agree. And so, the first place we'd have to go is the capital of South Dakota, which is Pierre to get them to give up a portion of their state in order to call it the state of Creighton. I love the history lesson though. So, so the two things we'll do after they pull this off is we'll go to South Dakota. We'll get them to change the pronunciation of the capital. And then we'll also get them to change the name of the state. This is all doable. This is very possible. I think we can pull it off. I've already driven it. I know how to get there. So, you know, it's fresh in the mind. I'm going to start working on the t-shirt design of all of these states. Yeah. And then it's just going to say state of Creighton in it. And it's going to be blue. I'm thinking blue with a white outline or you think white with a blue. That's outline. pretty good. Yeah. I think that fits. You know what? I I'm, I'm also pro. They should be wearing baby blue uniforms at some point this year. So if you would make it baby blue, I'd appreciate that. So yes. I, I would like to say that when I wanted to offer up future topics, this is exactly what I have written down on my sheet of paper. And that is baby blue uniforms. I wanted to kind of, go through that but we can do that at a later time i think it's extremely important that we get those not a much of a conversation on my end of the things i am just pro baby blue go get baby blue uniforms that's all i would say about it it'd be a very short topic done unless i find out at the end of the year they didn't get them then it'll be a long topic because i'll be just cussing about people who didn't give them baby blue uniforms I am going to be so disappointed if we don't see baby blue uniforms. Extreme disappointment from the Sokol Snipers podcast. That's right. Extreme. So anyway, that's enough from us on the initial inaugural episode. Is that that the right word, Lance? Inaugural. Inaugural history teacher, Lance. Is that? Do you teach history or do you teach multiple things? Government. American government. I also teach a class called Justice Law, mainly criminal law, which is fun. What's it like to teach government in 2022? blast i bet it's not it's a blast <laughs> holy crap it's hardly no wonder maddie hardly no wonder no no wonder you take that retirement money from you and so anyway for lance robbie i'm matt DeMarinas. thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of the Sokol snipers podcast all things create women's basketball all the time we'll be back next week to recap the games against Nebraska and Northern Iowa and get you ready for what's next. So thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to y'all when we talk to y'all.